This is the 2022 crypto year in review. These are the most impactful moments in crypto that you need to know about. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is your place for all things stocks and crypto. From beginner tips to expert picks, use this as fuel for your investing journey. Because when you're in the know, your money will grow. This episode of the Beam Pod is sponsored by KyberSwap. KyberSwap is a DEX and DEX aggregator, which is built to facilitate all your DeFi needs in one single platform. Fast, cheap, and safe. User experience is KyberSwap's sole focus to make everyone's life better in DeFi. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is Shane, aka the Jolly Green Investor. And this is Josh, the Nifty Investor. Today, we're going to be doing a review for crypto for the year 2022. I think this is more like a, a fun episode. You know, we're winding down. It's get, we're getting near Christmas. Markets tend to cool off and just get a little bit quiet. So we thought it would be interesting to kind of highlight everything that has happened in the crypto year. And it's funny, you think back to about a year ago when Bitcoin was trading at nearly its all-time high. Yeah, it was pumping. And, you know, altcoins were all ripping. But since then, you know, things have changed a little bit. For sure. And, and along the way, you know, by by going, you can always learn from the past, right? So along the way, as we talk about these events and what's happened, it's important to note the things we learned and what we can take away from them moving forward that could potentially make you a better investor. So it's important to watch this video to the end and make sure to like and subscribe for more. So one of the very first things that happened um, in January for those living in Canada, remember this whole like uh, freedom convoy yeah. thing that went down? Yeah, that was a big one. So it was in Ottawa. Uh, I guess the truckers weren't happy with how the Canadian government was saying that you had to be vaccinated to be able to drive, you know, and the truckers are saying like, look, we're just in, we're in our trucks. We, we really like need our jobs and we're, we need to drive across the board and all these things. Anyways, what ended up happening is Trudeau enacted the Emergencies Act, which froze the protesters' bank accounts. Yeah. This kind of demonstrated the, what ended up happening from there is I think they, they started to switch to crypto. And this kind of demonstrated, you know, Bitcoin's permissionless, censorship-resistant tech technology and really highlighted just how good the technology can actually be and navigate a system around, you know, uh, the government censoring their bank accounts. It was a really interesting one because it brought to light the government intervention in Bitcoin because the Canadian government froze the wallets and, and took the money from the truckers. And, you know, we're not going to get into the political side of that, but what we're talking about is the intersection between government and crypto, which seems like they're on a collision course for a long time. And now we're actually starting to see the collision between Bitcoin and government. So it was one of the first inflection points that we saw during the year. And it was a hotly debated topic. Um, so that was kind of interesting. Uh, and then the other big event that happened at the start of the year, like January, February, was, of course, the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Mm. And this was almost like a, not the same as, as the trucker thing, but it was an intersection of kind of government and crypto because people were donating to Ukraine in crypto. Yeah, one kind of like almost in two ways because you had people from all around the world donating to Ukraine to help out using crypto. And it and it and what it did is it demonstrated the need and how fast and important um, borderless payments are and what a powerful tool it actually is. Uh, in addition to, I believe, because of all the different sanctions that were being put put on um, on Russia, they were then able to navigate those sanctions using crypto as well. So 
like there's a pro there's a, a good the bad and the ugly with every situation it seems yeah uh, but it did demonstrate the need for borderless payments you know i was trying to send some money to australia the other day and it it's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. If everybody had a crypto wallet, fuck, it's so much easier, man. For sure. I think uh, within three days, the government of Ukraine raised over $30 million worth of crypto. People were sending Ethereum, uh, NFTs, all kinds of stuff. I guess it was valued at $30 million at that time. Right. Probably valued at $3 million right yeah. <laughs> now. Um, so that was interesting. So that was January, February. Bitcoin was trading around forty to $45,000 at that time. Right. The good old days. Yeah. Right? I remember when uh, we went to Bitcoin Miami? Yeah. Uh, and we, saw, I think that when was that? Like April. That was or something? end of March. Yeah, end of March. Yeah, so kind of just after that. And we're, you know, Bitcoin Miami. You're, it would have been nice if we were there in November or something. Yeah. Um, but I remember seeing the prices plummet because there was the there was like a big <laughs> price chart at yeah. the conference that yeah. we saw every day, and like we'd walk in there in the the morning, and every day it's like. Oh, it's a thousand dollars lower, and it's just like a chart of going down, and we're forced to just look at this stupid Bitcoin chart. Yeah, and they had like the Bitcoin bull. You yeah. also had like uh, Pompliano and all those guys there, and and throughout twenty twenty two, it almost seems like a lot of these people have kind of stepped out of the industry as well. I know Pomp canceled his podcast yeah. or whatever talking about Bitcoin. Yeah. He was a big pusher of FTX. So we've seen a lot of big names who mm-hmm. used to be with their laser eyes on Twitter and all these things yeah, step yeah. out throughout Everyone, the year as well. Everyone's selling the bottom. That's it. So yeah, so that moves us into March 2022. So now we have Bitcoin continue to trade in the 40K region for most of March. Uh, some of the big events that happened in March was uh, Biden signing the executive order for crypto regulation. Now it turned out that basically <laughs> it was an order to start doing things. Like there yeah. was nothing in the order that he signed that um, gave any clarity on crypto regulation moving forward. It was basically an order ordering people to start looking into crypto. What a joke. So, I mean, you know, it's a start. We, we always say on this show that long-term regulation is good for the space because it will bring in institutional investors. And we were saying this in March. And look what happened in crypto since March. We need regulation, right? So, like, yeah, I know they're probably going to fuck it up. But long-term, this is important because I think we're going to see over the next year some of these reports from these government agencies are going to start to roll it back to Biden or whoever. And um, they're going to start making inroads on crypto regulation. So I think that was kind of important. Yeah, it definitely is. And you're right. Regulation is needed, yeah, even though it's, I think it serves the rich, powerful elites um, and doesn't really help, you know, the little guys like us. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know there's also, the, we also had one of the, the six of the top 10 biggest hacks ever occurred. Um, we saw $3 billion in hacks in 2022 um, with Axie Infinity being one of the largest uh, that was a $650 million hack or something, I believe. Yeah. Um, we also saw the Harmony hack as well, Harmony 1, right. which was like another $100 million hack. Yeah, so a lot of hacks for sure. That's I mean, hacks is more and more every year, right? We need yeah. lossless. We need, why isn't everybody just using lossless? I know, I think more and more people are. So that moves us into April. Uh, that's when the uh, Axie Infinity hack was. I think it was early, mid-April. So Bitcoin's still trading in the 40K range, still holding on. Uh, this is April 2022. Um, one of the things I wanted to highlight from April, and it's... <laughs> This seems like five years ago. Like yeah. it's just, you know, Bitcoin trading in 40s, everything's still decent <laughs> in the markets. The move to earn trend. Mm. That was because, you know, we we're talking about what trends to want to highlight that happened in 2022. Because, you know, in 2021, we had all the trends. There was Metaverse, there was Play to Earn, there was NFTs, DeFi, blah, 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 blah. But as the market goes down, there's not a lot of trends that are hot. No. However, during April, we saw the move to earn trend. And I wanted to highlight that because we saw... Step in, fit by Callow, 
absolutely rip. Gino pets. Yeah, like yeah. all these. And we were onto some of these projects. So we did well on some of those trades. But I wanted to highlight it because it's kind of the only narrative that stuck out to my mind that really, um, you know, brought a lot of hype into the space. And it's even though it didn't seem to work out because it was timed basically right and then the market crashed, it's still an interesting model. If they can make it work, it is interesting because, you know, fitness, all that kind of stuff. So I am still keeping my eye on some of those projects, Calo, FitFi in particular. Um, but that was one of the big trends from April that I saw. Yeah, and there's uh, another one, uh, Sweat app as well. It's like one of the most utilized um, apps for fitness on the, on the entire planet. Right. And you're right. It, like, it's forcing people to move, but you're also earning crypto at the same time. I mean, these are really interesting concepts, and it's just a matter of will they survive the bear market. They're already Web2 apps in the first place. They're just integrated. It's a way to make some money. So yeah. I, I don't see those going away. For sure. So that moves us into May. And this is where the real trouble started. This is when not only the stock markets, but the crypto markets really began to suffer. So Luna actually collapsed in April, but the fallout from the Luna collapse really hit the markets in May. So Bitcoin started around 40K in May and it ended up at 30K. This was the start of the dominoes that we've now seen cascade all the way into December. So Luna collapsed in early April, crashing those markets. You know, UST, we know the story wasn't collateralized, all that kind of stuff. And this not only set, started to send massive FUD into the crypto markets, but as we go on through these months, you'll see that this was probably, I would say this is the tipping point in the year. Like Bitcoin was still, you know, it started at 40K. And, you know, it eventually went down to, as we see right now, it was near 15K. So May, for me, was when shit started to hit the fan. <laughs> it's amazing you could see an ecosystem go from $40 billion, tons of activity, go down to $0. And it kind of highlighted the fact that you can't have an algorithmically backed stablecoin or an algorithmic sta stablecoin. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, what ended up happening is the stablecoin depegged. I guess they had to sell off the reserve. So, so put a bunch of uh, Bitcoin back into the market so that because they owned a bunch, right? So they had to start selling off to try to s uh, stabilize their UST. And anyways, what ended up happening is there was a liquidity crisis uh, that occurred with some of the investors in this. So that ended up bankrupting Celsius, three O's capital Genesis and Alameda as well. Yeah. So this was, this was the start of the dominoes that really tipped the crypto market over, which moves us into June, 2022. So in May, so Bitcoin started for 40 K at ended May around 30 K started uh, June 30 K. This was, it crashed during June, it crashed from 30 K to 17 K and it happened very quickly. Uh, this was when mass, mass fear and panic entered the markets because the dominoes fell, right? So, so Luna crashed in May and then Three Arrows Capital, Celsius, and a couple of other companies all, because they were also, they had so much Luna token, they had UST, billions, billions worth of these tokens, which went to zero. Mm. So now no one can repay their loans and contagion spreads throughout the market. Also, what happened in June, I think it was very early in June, maybe June 3rd or 4th, inflation came in very hot. That's right. So this was the start of the legacy markets really teetering over as well. So as you know, we always talk about Bitcoin being correlated to the stock market and inflation came in super hot at the start of June at the same time that this contagion was happening. Right. So it was like a worst case scenario for Bitcoin, which caused it to crash from 30K to 17K, I think in less than a week. That's pretty nuts. Yeah. That's like, that is a steep, steep, steep fall off. Um, but then we had, I guess, like the saving grace was the Ethereum merge. Yep. Which kind of led to a bit of a, a re relief rally. 
And we caught, we, man, we fucking called this. We said, look, this is going to be one of the biggest buy the rumor, sell the news events. You know, we made our episode on, on Polygonmatic, looking to all those who are associated within the Ethereum ecosystem. And we saw Ethereum, I think they did 100% gains from the June lows and everything associated with ETH. And what this was, was I guess there was a, some narrative around going to, uh, I can't remember the acronym, uh, basically for making things more carbon negative within, you know, it became like this huge thing with Tesla and all that stuff. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I can't, I wish I could remember the name of the, whatever I'm talking, thinking of, but the carbon, there was a carbon efficiency movement with ETH merging to 2.0 and it improved its efficiency like 99.9%. Yeah. That was a big one. Um, so that was September that the Ethereum merge happened. Yeah. But it, the relief rallies began in June. It began in June. Right. Yeah, yeah for sure. So, not a lot happened in July because all the events in June basically led to like a little mini, well, now a prolonged crypto winter. But I was looking for significant things that happened in July and it was literally nothing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, we were in Europe at that time, so it was kind of a good way to be away from the markets. Um, but there was one significant thing that, so now we're at, so Bitcoin started June 30K, crashed to 17K. It floated up to around 23K. There was a little bit of a bear market rally that happened in July yeah. uh, into August. So the one thing from August I wanted to mention, and now Bitcoin's trading in the low 20s range, was the tornado cash thing. Right. So the US sanctioned tornado cash, and then I think it was the Netherlands government went yeah. and arrested the, develop, the main lead developer, the creator of tornado cash. So what tornado cash is, or was, or is, is a, a crypto decentralized protocol where people can basically mix their funds and mask it and kind of get away with stealing funds you know okay. it could be used for that it's like super anonymous you take your money your crypto put it into tornado cash it's a mixer and then you can send it out and you can't tell where it came from right very gr- good if you're a criminal you st- hack yeah. someone you steal all their crypto you send it into tornado cash and then you send it to a centralized exchange and they don't they can't connect it to your previous wallet right so this was very controversial, and I think it set the stage for what we're seeing now and will in the future, whereas the governments, again, are intervening. They're saying, he's created this code, and people are using it for the wrong purposes, so we're going to arrest him. And it took them a matter of days to do that. Seconds, yeah. And, you know, eventually we will talk about FTX, but just think about what happened with FTX. Sam and Caroline are out there going to coffee shops right now, yeah. willy-nilly, doing whatever they want. It's been a month. This guy got arrested in three days. I know. What the fuck? I know he's just a developer. It's frustrating, eh? Brutal. But it also goes to show you how corrupt the U.S. government is. Yeah. As they integrated with Sam and FTX and all these things, and he's not even being subpoenaed to, like, it's just, I don't know, it's. Yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah, so that was kind of one event that I think is foreshadowed and will continue to work against crypto. It's just like, yeah, the governments are intervening, which sucks. Um, so now that brings us to September. Bitcoin was trading around 19, 20K. This is, you know, this is where Bitcoin becomes just like, just sideways moving, <laughs> Boring, nothing. Yeah. yeah, but as you said before, this was, this was when Ethereum switched from proof of work to proof of stake. And if this, if everything hadn't crashed and if this was still in a bull market, this would have been such a massive catalyst for the industry. Yeah. Because this is years in the making and it's the biggest altcoin, the biggest crypto after Bitcoin has switched from proof of work to proof of stake. It's a big deal. And they did it, although it was delayed quite a bit, it happened flawlessly. And you're right. We called it. We said as soon as it's proven that it's going to happen. So the test net merge, that was the top. That was the buy the rumor, sell the news event. Um, that was kind of the big event of September for me. Yeah, it really started to tank the markets again, didn't it? Yeah, everyone's like, okay, well, this is the only thing that crypto can hold on to. Proof of uh, 
uh, Ethereum merge, Ethereum 2.0. Now that's over, sell everything. Yeah. So we're getting to this point now where I guess, you know, we're in December. What do you have for, do you have anything for October, November? I mean, October, obviously we have, we have the FTX collapse in November. Yeah, not a lot in October. The only thing that I can say was was worth mentioning was there was there was a large crypto launch in October, which I think it was uh, it got swept under the rug. Aptos? Aptos, yeah. yeah. So this is an interesting, it's interesting one. It was kind of backed by SBF, FTX, and Alameda, which, you know, doesn't look so good right now. However, I, it is noteworthy for me because there's not a lot of cryptos that get launched straight into like the top 30, yeah. top 40, right? Yeah. So it's huge money behind this. Really interesting technology. I think if they can, uh, you know, distance themselves from SBF, FTX, and Alameda in the future, their technology is really interesting. So... Not that I'm going to say it's one of my bear market buys or a favorite project, but it got wrapped up in the scandal. So people are just forgotten about it now. I think a lot of people didn't like the way they rolled out with their, like they had no tokenomics or anything as well. There's a lot of weird things about it. Yeah. But the technologies, I've looked at, it looks really cool. I'm not going to say I like the project. I'm saying this got lost in the FUD. Yeah. So that's the one thing I wanted to mention. Maybe keep an eye on Aptos. I've heard a lot of like big guys in the industry saying, Potential sleeper. So okay, yeah. we've seen. Uh, we also saw. Uh, I know Alameda was holding a lot of Solana. We've seen Solana actually just as- aside from their ten outages or whatever they had going on this year. I think that project is officially in the dumps. Yep. So we saw the death of Solana this year as well, which is great because I hate that project. Yeah. We hey we warned about that one <laughs> on our Truth of Solana episode from like June or May or yeah. something, and yeah, we said avoid this project at all costs. And it dumped. So now it brings us to November. So we have the FTX collapse. And I I think, you know, it's really starting to highlight now um, the importance for crypto projects to... What what we've seen, we've seen like this absolute fire that's occurred. And, you know, what's going to come up from out out of the ashes, right? It's going to get rid of a lot of shitty projects, which is great. It's going to move investors more. I think they're going to be a little bit more... um, diligent with how they're placing their money you know they ensure that they actually have real team members ensure that there's actual utility um ensure that the project isn't too inflationary you probably want to look for projects that are making money or have revenue sources coming in real world utility um proof of reserves you know for like something like a chain link now you have all these exchanges that have to now demonstrate like look we have a backing we're not going to go bankrupt etc so I think it's really starting to show that the need to be a little bit more diligent with your investments. For sure. I mean, we've seen not only FTX uh, collapse in November, but BlockFi, Voyager. And as we've talked about previously in other episodes, the dominoes may keep falling here. So, yes, we're continuing to to fall closer and closer to a bottom, a bear market bottom, both in, in the stocks and crypto sometime probably over the next year. Um, but yeah, November saw basically a final, a, a, a closer to final capitulation from Bitcoin went from 20 to 17 to 15. Now we're sitting around 17 K again. Yeah. It's a little bit, of, we're seeing some minor capitulation occur at the moment. Yeah. We saw Coinbase's revenue, which is one of the big centralized exchanges in, uh, the U S the, the revenue is down 50% year over year. Over the year, we've seen $2 trillion removed from the crypto market. It's a big, let's just think about it. Yeah. Two trillion dollars yeah. wiped away from the entire crypto market value. Yeah, wow. I know, and it, that, that's from its peak at three trillion. Yep. Um. So if you ever seen like these videos on to put in perspective, like the difference between a billion versus a trillion, 
it's pretty like mind blowing that yeah. they use like sand, like um, grains of rice. Like, each one was like a hundred grand or whatever. Yeah, it's like it's <laughs> a trillion is a lot different from a billion. I'll tell you what. And two trillion got wiped out of the crypto and two trillion. Market, yeah. yeah, so that was really yeah. interesting. Um, there's some Binance surveys I thought were kind of cool, showing that uh, two thirds of investors in crypto actually are using disposable income versus you know like the other third that are using money they shouldn't be using. Right. So it's good that these people who are doing it are, it's money they can lose. Um, China is the company that uses the most borrowed capital to invest. Okay. Whereas the Netherlands is the lowest. So China, they got 23%. Whereas the Netherlands, only 3% actually use borrowed money. So China's the degens. Yeah. So they're the most degens. Right. Uh, The Netherlands is the least degens. I thought that was an interesting little stat. Fair enough. I feel like... You know, the time to enter the market was obviously 2020, right? 2019, 2020 was when the bull market started. And then, you know, like everything, a lot of people come in late. Everyone enters the market in mid to late 2021 near the bull market top. Everyone's saying Bitcoin to 100K, Bitcoin to 100K, 200K. And everyone gets wrecked in 2022. Almost every single new investor in the crypto market that entered at any point of 2022 is wrecked. Think about that, right? Because it just has gone down all year. Oh, yeah. So it's interesting looking back on previous bear markets and sentiment. Now, in previous bear markets, say 2018, 2019, people were genuinely discussing if Bitcoin and crypto would ever recover or if it would just go to zero because there wasn't a lot of institutional adoption. Now, we are in the middle of a crypto winter. However, we've seen a ton of institutional adoption. Every month, another big corporation is coming out and starting to use blockchains use NFTs and partner with all these altcoins. So it's interesting to compare the differences in sentiment at the bear market bottom. We're in so much, we as in the crypto industry is in so much of a better place. And I think the, the future and the solidity of crypto and Bitcoin going forward has never been more clear despite the prices being low. We're seeing a lot of executives from massive Web2 companies. Like uh, I know Deso Protocol had their, their new COO um, coming from Meta, we talked about Hedera in uh, one of our previous episodes. They're bringing in some executives from Facebook, et cetera. So seeing these huge players step into the Web3 space as well. So yep. there's a lot of that going on. Mm-hmm. Um, we are seeing like, you know, Matic, who's working with uh, Coca-Cola and Disney, et cetera. So we are starting to see this integration. Hedera with WordPress, um, you know, the music we talked about with Warner. So yep. we're, I wanted to highlight quickly the NFT space. Because that, that will be a big sector at some point. But remember, like, all the hype around NFTs, like, at the end of 2021, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so, NFT trading volume, I found interesting. From January 22 to September 2022, NFT trading volume dropped 97%. Wow. Um, so, it went from 17... Bi- I can't believe there was $17 billion in NFT trading <laughs> that occurred. All the way down to 466 mil. Wow, that's massive. Yeah. That's crazy. So nobody's really doing NFTs, but for some reason on May 1st of 2022 was the single highest trading day ever for NFTs this year. Um, 118,000 different um, NFTs sold for 780 million. I wonder what happened that day. Yeah. Interesting. Which is this year, which is strange, right? Yeah, it is strange. Um, So like, what are some of the things that I want to kind of highlight going into next year? It's like... Yeah, as you said, mainstream adoption is going to continue to happen throughout the bear market. These companies know where digital finance, uh, assets, all that kind of stuff is headed. So we're going to continue to see mainstream adoption proliferate through 2023. I think play to earn is you know dead. 
but I think video games and crypto, video games can be a huge onboarding for a ton of people that don't know what crypto is because they're going to start bringing, you know, itemized uh, things as NFTs and, you know, in-game payments. And I think crypto is going to play a huge part in that. And I think 2023, you're really going to start to see massive adoption come into crypto through video games. Yeah, for sure. I also think we're going to have to, as we've talked about in this episode, regulation. Mm. I think 2023 is going to be maybe not, you know, the government moves slow, but I think maybe not implementation of regulations, but more clarity on what they eventually will be as these Biden orders start to come back to the government and then they start to formulate their plan. And as those rumors spread out to the mainstream media, I think we're going to get a lot more clarity on regulation. And I think that's going to potentially create FUD in the industry, but long-term good thing. Yeah. Cause then you can actually get money pouring back into the space right now. I mean, the only thing that props up a price of a token is people buying it. If uh, you have high interest rates, high inflation, people getting laid off, you're not really going to have much money stepping in. So you kind of need these institutional players to be pouring in capital to start propping up the prices again. Um, so that's kind of what I think you'd be looking for. Uh, there's also the CBDCs. I think the central bank digital currencies are going to have a lot of um, tailwind as well from all this, from the fallout of FTX, et cetera. Uh, especially as governments from all around the world kind of struggle to fight inflation and interest rates and their economies kind of struggle a bit. I think we might see a lot more around that sector as well. Yeah. Well, we, t- we talked about quant, um, how quant is making big inroads into the CBDC. So that could be a narrative that could potentially push quant even further upwards. Yeah. So that's something to look at for sure. Yeah. And I think in general, you know, when you're looking at what the crypto market has in store for 2023, just remember that the crypto market and Bitcoin and therefore all altcoins is still tied to the stock market. So Bitcoin and crypto are not going to recover until the stock market and the economy, the legacy markets recover, right? So you, if you're a crypto head and you hate stocks, that's fine. But you still need to be aware of what's going on in the stock market, in the real economy, because it will function to move crypto up or down. Yeah. And that's why we cover both stocks and crypto on this channel. Because you have to understand both markets to truly know what to invest in and when to invest. So like if you if you want to keep updated on crypto, make sure to follow this channel because we talk about the market as a broad whole and we'll give you an understanding of all the trends, everything going on in stocks and crypto moving forward and keep you updated and prepared for 2023. Yeah, I mean, you know, they could be the biggest catalyst in the world with like the Ethereum merge or um, some new partnership, but the stock market isn't cooperating. And uh, right now, without regulations, crypto assets are viewed as risk assets. Um, so without regulations, people aren't going to be stepping in. That's it. Yeah. So, hey, make sure you guys all tune into the next episode. That one is going to be a banger. All views expressed by speakers on the BeamPod are solely their opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed on the BeamPod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy, but only as an expression of their opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only.